How's it going, y'all? Welcome back to the Gil Podcast. This podcast is about me, Gil, and the things that I'm currently obsessed with. On today's episode, I want to go over a really interesting thing, a couple interesting things that happened to me uh, the past couple of weeks while I was shooting a wedding. Um, I got to photograph and film a wedding kind of by myself. Um, I It wasn't last minute. The wedding was not last minute. It was planned maybe like a month, <laughs> a month prior, which is not last minute, but kind of-ish. Maybe it was like two months. Yeah, it was like two and a half months. And I really wanted to um, get my wife more involved. And I asked her, hey, hey, babe, do you want to help me out with this wedding? She has helped me out with a wedding before, but it was super, super small, a super small wedding. And all she had to do was just man a camera on a tripod. And this wedding was also going to be kind of small. It was going to be all in one venue. Typically, when there's a wedding like that, um, the budget is, you know, it's it's fairly decent. And I, I take it because it's not that it's fast money, but it's not anything going to be it's not going to be hard. It's not going to be extremely hard work. I'm not going to be running outdoors in the venue, um, putting stuff in the truck, taking it out and then driving to another place. Everything is happening there. The reception, the ceremony, everything, the food, everything. So I told my wife, hey, babe, do you want to help me out with this? I could ask a couple of people. I had a couple of people in mind. Um, my friend Ashley, she's actually helped me out with two weddings, I think. Uh, I think she's helped me out with two weddings before a couple of other things, podcast production. So she's used to using my equipment. Um and my workflow, essentially. I also have a, another friend of mine, Vic. He is a really great videographer. He has been instrumental in some of the videos, uh, seminars, documentaries, music videos, stuff like that. And he has helped me out with those. So I wanted to get him on there, but the budget for the wedding didn't really call for that. So I said, I mean, I wasn't being greedy, but I said, hey, man, let me just have the wife tag along and it's going to be it's going to be a good old it's going to be a good old time. It really wasn't. My wife was she's not a content creator. So I know you're saying, oh, I kind of set myself up for failure. But ultimately, I just kind of wanted an extra body to man the tripod or woman the tripod (laughs) and make sure that it's recording, make sure everything is great. But it just kind of just turned into me just kind of doing everything, which I just needed my wife there to have an extra body if I needed to. Hey, make make sure you get this shot. That's pretty much it. But the wedding was successful. I got all my shots. I got all the videos that I needed. Everything was great. Um, One thing that happened during the wedding, though, which was kind of interesting, and it kind of got me to the idea of empathy. Well, not really empathy. I mean, I've been labeled an empath my entire life. And there's a term that a lot of people say, which is protect your energy. I was watching this um, TikTok. Uh, a few of my friends sent me, a couple of my friends are very spiritual. And one of my um, 
One of my friends, she sent me this video saying that, you know, a lot of people need to protect their energy by saying no to certain things, by, by restricting people projecting their emotions on them, especially if you consider yourself an empath or you're very empathic, like you, you have empathy for others on an extreme level like myself, it's kind of important for you to like flee from certain things. And to be honest, I was shooting this wedding and there was, uh, well, the, the bride and the groom's mo- mothers, both of their moms are deceased. They're no longer with us. So they, what they did is have a photo of their, um, their deceased mothers on this couch where the mothers might be sitting. So the moms have their own chairs, well lit. It looks amazing. So I started taking pictures of these framed photos of their mothers. And then I told them to sit with their uh, photo of their moms and I'll take photos of them. Got the photos. It was great. Everything was cool. Then there was like a, uh, it was just so weird. So we, we took the photos and then for like a brief moment, it was a major wave of emotion that hit me in the back. And it was like the tides just kept coming in one after another, one big emotional wave, bigger than the last one that hit me. And it just was heavy. It felt like sadness. And I almost started to cry. And then I literally just started tearing up. And I got the the urge to, um, I just heard, you know, one of my friend's voices in my head, Gil, you got to go. You got to leave. You got to run away from this. You got to protect your energy. I heard her say in my head. It was like I literally heard my friend say this to me. You got to protect your energy. And I started to want to do that. But that's not who I am. And it felt cowardly. I know it's going to sound so backwards. Gil, but you got to protect your energy. But it felt cowardly for me to just run away. Because naturally, me being me, Guillaume Dormeis, I run towards darkness. I run towards like the unknown. I run towards something that's so uncertain. But there are times where I kind of let others influence me because others, other people can see things that I can't. And that phrase, protect your peace, is something that I hear a lot of people say. It's all over Twitter. It's all over social media. And like I said, one of my friends, she would say this all the time. And I wanted to protect my peace because, hey, that's that's what makes sense, right? You want to be able to continually working. But it was just like I had this radio frequency of heartbreak and I was in tune with it. And instead of wrestling with this sorrow and wrestling with this idea of running away, I just ran towards it and kind of understood what it was. And I didn't allow other exterior factors to dictate how and what I should do. It wasn't a, I'm proud that I did that. It wasn't that. It was just more like, I'm going to kind of do whatever I, whatever the fuck I want. Not allowing anybody to influence me. Because influence is great. There's a lot of times you might do something that somebody inspired you to do. That's that's phenomenal. We can't and we can't know everything. That's why we have to surround ourselves with great people, not to emulate them, but to be inspired and come to a conclusion 
on our own in a way. Like if you surround yourself with uh, with garbage men, <laughs> you might be a garbage man. There's nothing wrong with being a garbage man, but it's you might think like them more likely. But if you start introducing more empathic people, more spiritual individuals, you might start to think more openly, you might have a different set of thoughts coming into your radio frequency, if that makes sense. All right, so let's get to the lesson of that, though. So that wedding was on a, I believe it was like a Saturday, and that Sunday morning was my dad's birthday. It was a Sunday morning or a Monday, whatever. Either the next day or the, the next, like two days after the wedding was my dad's birthday. And the beautiful thing about that encounter at the wedding is that, one, both of my parents are still alive. Um, they're still here, my mom and my dad. Granted, I, even in my early 20s, hated the relationship I had with my parents. I despised it. I ran away. I wouldn't say I ran away, but at age 19, I left my parents' house and got my first apartment. It was a two-bedroom, two-bath apartment. It was really great. I got to experience life. I got to live with my best friend. I got to get engaged and court my wife, have her move in. I did a lot. And in my late 20s, I tried to reintroduce my parents back into my life. And I was doing a lot of things my parents didn't like. I grew up Seventh-day Adventist, and it is a religious organization. I had a lot of resentment for that uh, organization growing up, even up even upwards to my late 20s. Now I'm 33 years old. I have a different mindset in regards to that rel- religious organization. <laughs> uh I mean, I have a better relationship with my parents now. And at the wedding, I felt like I had to be there. And this is me playing main character. Everybody else is NPC. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. But I felt kind of proud and happy that, okay, yeah, this is this is sad. And I didn't get a message. Go call your dad. Go to your parents. I didn't get none of that. But what I did was gratitude. It was more like, look, dude, you have the opportunity to actually speak to your mom and dad. My wife, uh, my wife never met her father. My wife, my wife's father died before she was even born. And it's just been it's just been her and her mom. And she has no siblings. Well, no like direct siblings that she didn't grow up with. So she was the only child her whole life. And it just been her and her mom. Meanwhile, I have, you know, have two sisters and I have three brothers. And I I have a family in in some sense. So a lot of times I remember growing up, I'd be so like emo and and like, oh man, life is so unfair. Meanwhile, my best friends growing up, parents are going through a divorce. Um, you know, even my family structure wasn't perfect, but they did the best that they could. 
I had other friends who had big houses, but they didn't have the best life in the way. Like they just were always sad. Meanwhile, I had a community of at church. Every Friday and Saturday, I would go to a building, to a place, and I have friends that I see once a week, technically. And I have friends at school. So I was kind of fortunate. I always had a community around me. Meanwhile, other people didn't. And I, at this wedding, I started to re- started becoming more appreciative and more grateful for everything. I mean, even now, I mean, ever since I was a ch- child, uh, 12 o'clock noon, um, we call it... Um, Midi, well, that's what noon means in French Creole, a noon prayer where every day, no matter what, at noon, you pray to God. Now, I'm not religious anymore, but I have to be honest that um, those rituals, those practices kind of were workouts of empathy and gratitude and just overall just peace in a way. So for a long time, like years ago, after I left my parents and I left the church, I had this thing on Twitter. I mean, I I stopped doing it now, but I still do it (laughs) because ever since I was a kid, like I said, noon o'clock, noon (laughs) o'clock, 12 o'clock noon, I would pray to God and just say, thank you for allowing me to, to make it this far, you know, in the day. And on Twitter, I'd say noon prayer back at back in the day. And it's something that I've been doing for years. So for me to ignore it would be asinine. It's physically impossible. And instead of really doing it at noon, I mean, I do it at noon still unconsciously, but consciously, I'm grateful all the time. I'm grateful when I get to work on time. I'm grateful that my mom can call me. Like I said, I started fortifying a relationship with my mother. Uh, she worked at a halfway house, um, not down the street, like a a block. Well, it's not technically a block, but walking distance from where me and my wife live. And she worked there for about like maybe like three or four years. And I would just go and see her. I get off work. Hey, just driving by to see her, give her some flowers or money whatever the case is, just stop by and she'll show me around. Like not many people have that opportunity. Not a lot of people can just have their moms call them and say, hey, just checking in on you, seeing how you're doing. Even though growing up, we didn't have like the best relationship, but it's like, hey, we're trying, you know? And my dad, you know, he's home all the time, just and, and and where I do most of my content creating, most of my consultations, most of where I meet people to hang out and just drink coffee, I have to pass my parents' house. I live, I live way up north, not way up north, maybe like 30, I live like 30 miles away from where I normally like to hang out at. And my parents are like right there. So for a while, what I would do is I'll drive to hang out with friends, work with clients, do whatever I have to do. And then not see my parents because, you know, in my late 20s and early 20s, I just was like, ah, screw my parents. Screw them. They suck. (laughs) But now I make it a conscious effort to just look quite literally just drive by. And before I even do whatever I have to do with my clients, just checking on my mom and dad. Hey, how's it going? You know, see if they're see if they need anything. All right, cool. You guys need something. I'll 
go ahead and go grab it on my way back. And going back to this wedding, it made me more appreciative. And even more, like I said, my dad's birthday was like the day after. And it was just like, oh, okay, uh, I have a lot to be thankful for. You know, my, my parents are still here. I'm married. They got to see me get married. They got to see me buy my first home. They got to see me start a business. They got to see me do a lot of things. So I I won. You know, there's really nothing more for me to do to show that my that I'm good. And that's what most parents want, I think. I mean, right now my parents still want me to go back to church. And I think I've said this before. Um, I used to preach and I used to have like a, I used to be a youth leader at a, a church and I left the church, like I said, plenty of times. And that's just one thing my parents would love for me to do. I could never do that, but I know that they were, that, I mean, they're happy now, of course, uh, it's, it's me and my wife and we have a place where we're perfectly fine. They love that. They love, they love Alex, my wife. They love her. Like <laughs> they love her almost not, almost more than me. They just, love talking to my wife and it's great. And I love that me and my wife can do that just to bring them joy. Even sometimes I go to my mother-in-law's, my wife's mom to help her out with random stuff. I'll just show up, Hey, with a case of water, like yesterday, Hey, here's a case of water. You know, Hey, um, heard you're running out of this. Hey, let me help you with your, with your computer. She runs a online community for her church and it's freaking fantastic. And it's like, the, we can do that. We can actually do that. And we have the ability to. So we're both grateful. So all in all, I just kind of wanted to to delve into that. And if I didn't run right into that emotion, watching uh, the bride and the groom sit with their picture frames of their moms, their deceased mothers, I don't think I would have had that appreciation for my dad's birthday the day after. I think I would have just been yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to f- soak into that feeling. Oh, it's my dad's birthday. Cool. But the fact that I got to sit and soak and w- w- soak, yeah, soak in that emotion, I, I'm i kind of grateful for that, <laughs> for my personality to uh, just that, the type of person that I am. I'm hardheaded. So yeah, thank y'all so much for listening, tuning in. Love you guys. I think I have some stuff in the description for you guys to like find me on social media. If you want to support the show, you can go ahead and do that as well. Share this episode. That's probably one of the best ways to uh, support the show. Share this with somebody. I know I've been taking a long hiatus, but it's just a lot lot has been going on. Yeah, no excuses, but still just a lot of stuff been going on as far as work. Trying to change. uh, I don't know. Like I was talking to my wife yesterday and client work is great. You know, it's cool money. Money is cool. Uh, I don't really want to do it for the money. I remember <laughs> just wanting to just take pictures and hang out with people, hang out with friends and tell stories. And podcasting is like that thing that I like to do because it's fun. It's really fun to just sit here in front of the computer, in front of my Rodecaster Pro, in front of my microphone and just talk. Um, I really wanted to do a video, <laughs> but um I don't know. I just was like, let me just do audio for right now. Maybe the next episode, I'll just do video and throw it on YouTube and uh, and Spotify. I don't know if y'all knew knew this, but some of the episodes on Spotify are actually video. But yeah, thank y'all so much for watching. Uh, See you guys next time. (laughs) Bye.